Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Live at the South Okanagan Event Center. This is Oilers Now. The Edmonton Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets. Again, on edmontonoilers.com tonight, 5 p.m. Edmonton time. You can uh, have a chance to watch a live stream of that game. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roots Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. As uh, we welcome into our broadcast location courtesy of Horse Racing Alberta presenting live thoroughbred racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino parking and admission are free for more information head to thehorses.com we welcome back to the show Mr. Popularity, Mark Spector, Sportsnet's back. How you doing? <laughs> doing great, Bobby. How are you doing, man? Good. Making friends out there. What's going on? Oh, never mind. It's you know great. what? It's great to see you here in Penticton, Every spec. tweet all these guys rip you on, you get three times as many people that push the little heart button and don't say anything. So Yeah. You well, go. and you're, you know what? Here's let's, let's get right to it. You just wrote a piece. So the last, you, you came here a couple days ago. And word was leaking out during the course of Wednesday afternoon that it didn't look like uh, uh, Jake Vertanen was going to end up coming into Edmonton on a PTO. Now, now I'd heard a couple days earlier that Calgary was in the mix. I I know that I had somebody from Washington ask me, oh, how serious are the Oilers? At which point I said, well, how serious are the Caps? How serious are the Caps? You know, Jake Vertanen played in Calgary with the Hitmen. and this is a player in today's world that is a controversial player. Obviously, yeah. people, you know, it was it's it was not. Bottom line was, yes, he was acquitted, and we all know the numbers on how hard it is to actually uh, end up uh, getting convictions in sexual assault cases. I think mm-hmm. it's roughly thirty, uh, roughly about thirty percent. Brett, you know, it's interesting, Spec. Um, one of the reasons why I think people have a misperception about this is shows like Law and Order, right? <laughs> yeah, <okay>. Because <laughs> you know, usually in Law and Order, the police and 90% of the police out there, 95% do do a terrific job. But 
there are the occasional police members sometimes, maybe not ones that are members of the EPS, but in other. the bottom line is, if you watch Law & Order, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Detective Stabler has a 97% conviction rate. Yeah, well, it's a, the show's an hour. they got to get a conviction within the hour. Right, that's but that's deal. not real. <laughs> it's and not so real, no. There's a lot of people. The whole situation with, with this assault is, is very, obviously, it's very serious. And you'll, you'll have people going on Twitter where everybody's got an opinion. And, mm-hmm. boy, do they have an opinion on Jake Furtanen and say, okay, yeah, he was acquitted, but... And but so the reality is the player is starting to trying to restart his career. He's going to have yep. to do so on a PTO. It was fairly contentious that his name was out there. Organizations have given players second chances or third chances before. We know yep. that. And I I watched your tweet and you referenced that the Oilers maybe read the exact tweet, the one that you had about. Uh, Vertanen and then Pugliarvi and just, just the whole response uh, to it. I just said that the orders aren't in on Pugliarvi, are on, in, not in on Vertanen anymore. It looks like he's looking somewhere else. Right. And I said, in my opinion, Colin, uh, that's good news that they're not bringing him in. Uh, they've already got a project on right wing in Jesse Pugliarvi. They probably don't need another. That's what I said. And you ended and up... I don't... I, I want to make it very... Like, there is no reference in my tweet to to uh, Vertanen's legal history. Right. As a, as a journalist, he's been cleared. He's been acquitted. We can all talk and think and wonder and all that. That's yep. great. But the facts are he does not, he was not found guilty of doing an, of an, any offense. So I'm, that isn't part of my narrative on Vertanen at this moment. I'm not here to be his judge and jury. He already had right. one of them. Right. And the professional judge acquitted him, so I'm, right. I've quite moved on on the that. The jury acquitted him, yes. Yes. He is, He is. you know, the question out there among, again, like, more. you know, 200 people like that tweet and 100 take, you know, contend it. And they go, how can you compare those two? Well, Vertanen's a, a number six overall pick who never found his way in Vancouver and ended up getting bought out. And Jesse Poyarvi is a number four overall pick who's been on the trading block for most of two years. So there's absolutely a comparison between those two players. Yeah. So Maybe Jesse Poyarvi figures it out and plays 10 years here. We don't know. That could happen. That, but at this point, they're high draft picks that are struggling. That's the deal. So we'll focus on the hockey. Here's, here's you know, when I saw Vertanen play uh, and back with the Calgary Hitmen, there were some red flags for me watching the guy play. Right. Hockey sense. He, right. That's his issue. He's, right. he's big. He's strong. Uh, he he's known not to be fit. That is not a Yessi Poyarvi issue. No, Yessi Poyarvi is a far he's more committed player fit. in that regard. Very yes. fit. Very much in shape. Jake Furtanen has spent a career, frankly, not usually being in shape, and that's a huge red flag. But in hockey NHL. sense, I think, in fairness, has been some of the perception of the downfall as to why Poyarvi yeah, hasn't locked in as a, a full-time top six player with the Edmonton Oilers. Two high draft picks lacking in hockey sense. That, that to me, is okay. the comparison, and it's a very fair one. Now, yeah. sometimes players evolve, and I think of Valerie yeah. Nechushka, can be in a primary example of a guy who appeared lost at one point in his he career. He ended up not getting qualified by the Dallas right. Stars after he came back from Europe. Right. Found and, himself. And became a player for the Colorado Avalanche. So I think that's the hope for Jesse Pugliarvi. Yes, it is. You had a sit-down one-on-one interview with Ken Holland. What did he say? Uh, he outlined the fact that he talked to many teams about Pugliarvi uh, at the draft. Uh, and, you know, nothing transpired. And you know what? Basically, he said he's a $3 million player now. I asked him if 
you know, what did he make last year, Bob? Was it one one point two five? I think. Uh, yeah, one point one seven five. Okay. Uh, and now he's a three million dollar player. And I asked Ken Holland in a piece that's on Sportsnet.ca now, Q and A. I asked him, you know, does that change the whole parameters around the player? He goes, you're darn right, it changes parameters. Now he's a three million dollar player. And the Oilers are very much hoping he will produce commensurate with that salary this year and become a, a an asset at $3 million. Now, we should mention he's been in town for a while uh, and, uh, you know, at least all of this week. So he's in, in town a couple of weeks before the start of training camp. That bodes well. Uh, in good organizations, players are in town weeks before training camp yeah. starts. And yeah. it's a sign that, you know, everybody, you know, the fact that Drysettle was here in late August, I found that quite interesting. Connor McDavid is currently uh, doing the NHL car wash in Vegas, but we'll be back in Edmonton yeah, the next yeah. couple days. Well, what about Tom Brady taking two weeks off in the middle of camp? What do you think about that? Well, I don't <laughs> think that that would go over too Imagine well. Connor McDavid pulls into camp, practices once, and goes, yeah, I'm taking a couple weeks off. The only guy I know that's kind of <laughs> like that, I'm actually on the air with right now, is Martin Spector. <laughs> I think you take two months off every summer, don't you? In the summer, All right. darn I mean, right. I know a PR guy that used to call me and say, don't bug me for the next six weeks. I'm yeah. like, you do realize we have a show that we get a rights fee for. <laughs> Call lawyers now. Yeah, no. Don't bug me. You're not bugging me. You're not calling me for the next six weeks. I don't want to bug any of the guys, any of the players. <laughs> Leave me alone. I, you know, yeah, from well, the moment, a week into... Uh, it's your show, Bob, not his. Yes, yes. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, you know what? The Oilers have a really good looking team here. I like the look of the roster I'm watching here in Penticton. They've got a you know, four or five or six guys that all look like they have a chance. Uh, you know what? Times are good, man. There's when it, in the old days, Jesse Poyarvi would be your best right winger, and you wouldn't have anything underneath him. He's coming to camp this year, and he's fighting to be in the top six, and that makes you a better team. Well, and we'll see where Hyman gets deployed. I'm going to assume he's on the right wing, and Yamamoto. We know that both McDavid and Drysaddle both like playing with Yamamoto because yeah. he goes and digs and gets the puck. It'll be really intriguing to uh, yes. to, to see where we're at. When we come back on Oil. Now at 1142 Pacific, 1242 in Edmonton. Mark Spector and myself are going to discuss a bunch of the Edmonton Oilers prospects and what we think the organization's hoping to see out of those guys. We are live from the South Okanagan Event Center in Penticton, British Columbia, and you're listening to Oilers Now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, everybody. All right, let's get to it. It's time for the Mark Spector Scudder Report. Mark Spector brought to you on orders now by our friends at Horse Racing Alberta Live Thoroughbred Racing Fridays and Saturday nights at Century Mile Racetrack Parking and Entry. 
free. For more information, uh, visit thehorses.com. Well, these years we've been at this tournament where the Oilers have had some Clydesdales. This year, they got some thoroughbreds here. And let's talk about a four first-round picks, three at forward. But we're actually going to start with a guy back on the fence in Philip Roberg. Ken Holland saying in about six weeks ago in Oilers now that Philip Proberg has to play his way off of the Edmonton Oilers. He's reported in great shape. Spec, the time is now for him to go get it, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I had a nice long chat with him this morning. Uh, you know, he, he reminds me a lot of the first time we met Oscar Clefbaum. He, uh, you know, he's uh, he's big, first of all. Like, he's got great size. Yeah. Right? He's know, bigger than Clefbaum. He's, he's bigger tall. than Clefbaum. He's taller than Clefbaum, and he's, he's put on the 12 pounds. We've all heard about that, and he looks great. But he's that polite well-spoken young Swedish guy, impossibly handsome, left-shot defenseman. You know, we forget, I mean, we talk about it, you and I, once in a while, but I think we forget the hole left behind by the loss of Oscar Clefbaum on this team. I mean, this guy was a sort of a number two defenseman in the NHL. He just disappeared one day, and he's never coming back. So we're here with Philip Broberg. Maybe he fills that spot, Bobby. Ken Holland has a, a term he uses, trees, for defense. And this guy, Duncan Keith, uh, you know, did a real good job for a year in that role at Edmonton. Mm-hmm. They've signed Kulak, who's six foot two. Broberg's six four all day. Yep. Nurse is six four. That's a, a good size. Good size. And side, all yep. three guys can can skate. Yeah. And Broberg that's important. Can really skate. Broberg can really. Skate. He is a special skate. Mark. Yeah, he's a special Brett Kulak skater. and the analytics types out there know this. Brett Kulak does as good a job as there is in gapping. It's unbelievable how well he gaps as a defenseman. Yeah, and it's smart. And he's he's, he's smart. become a really shrewd, intelligent yeah, player. Good player. But he was he, he does not have the ceiling of a nurse or of a Broberg. Well, I mean. he doesn't have the physical stature of either guy, and as well as Brett skates. I mean, you just watch Broberg skate. I I, I remember him at the, his first. You know what? I think we saw him first at the Halinka Gretzky, did. right? He did. And that's where he's... I he was Sweden's he, best player in that tournament. Oh, my God. He picked up a puck behind his net and decided he would skate it, and I just remember watching and thinking, holy man, what a stride this guy has. And You know what? You, you got to skate now. We all know that. There's no weak skating NHL players, and... I don't know what kind of player is going to be, Bob. I mean, is he, you know, is he going to be a points guy? He seems to want to, he said to me this morning, I just want to be able to play defense in this league. I got to tell, show my coach that he can trust me defensively. The points and the offense, we'll get to that. But I want to show everybody that I can defend. Yeah, I, I think we're looking at no worse than a number three defenseman. Like, yeah. you know, I, I that's, yeah. you know, if, if you've got Nurse and Broberg in four years from now and you're, in top two pairings on the left side, those are drafted developed defensemen. I'm I'm quite bullish on Broberg. Let's uh, let's go yeah. up front a bit uh, and talk about Dylan Holloway. Um, we've heard it, we ran the comment from Jay Woodcroft about uh, Dylan Holloway and Broberg earlier today's show. Colin Chalk's going to be talking a bit about Holloway. This is an intriguing guy as well. A little bit longer shot to make the team. Again, Ken Holland saying that uh, Holloway has to play on his way onto the team, right? Because if he's not in the first four lines, he's not playing. And if he's not in the top 12, he's going to be down in Bakersfield no matter what. I'm playing all the time, which is the proper way to handle young players, right? Um, you know, and, and these are the little tweaks in a team that that can be the difference, you know, between the sort of championship team. If you get 
if you can have that kid on an entry-level uh, uh, contract, right, and he can make a little bit of an impact. If Dylan Holloway can come in here and probably start on fourth-line left wing, and maybe by Christmas he's getting some third-line time, uh, all of a sudden you're a little quicker. He's got nice size. You know, well, let's see. I, I can't give you a prediction, Bob, if he makes the team or not. I know they love him to make this team. Uh, let's see how the, how he does. Let's see if he's ready. He see. doesn't have, sorry, Bob, to interrupt. He hasn't as much experience as Broberg, right? Broberg has his time in the AHL. He had 23 games last year in the NHL. Uh, Holloway's not up to speed with that type of experience yet. My prediction is that, I mean, I mean, Ken Holland says Broberg's going to be here unless he plays his way off the team. Yeah. Broberg's going to be here. My prediction with Holloway yes. is that he's on the active roster to start the year so they can get the uh, bonus in place so they don't get stung. Then he'll get sent down, and then he'll get recalled at some point during the season okay. and be here to stay. That's what I see happening with Broberg okay. or with uh, Holloway. I think he's just too good of a skater. And that, there again, that's, I mean, you got to be able to skate to play, and they've got Broberg on the fence. He can really skate. Holloway, Holloway can, really can skate. skate. He, yeah. he also skates through guys. He's a little bit more yeah. physical, which, frankly, this Oilers group could use a little could bit. Could really use, for sure. What have you, have you, you know, did you notice Xavier Borgo as well as Reed Schaefer out there at all? Uh, just watching them practice, but this is why we come here, right? I'm looking to see, you know, Xavier Borgo is, uh, I mean, he's ready to turn pro. He's, he's not playing in Edmonton probably this year at all, I wouldn't think, if I know the way Holland and his people uh, develop players. So I'm looking forward to it. Where does he rank against everybody else's guys who are leaving junior and turning pro now? Let's let's see if he stands out in this field. I mean, you watch a guy practice all day, and you learn a few things, but I want to watch a play, Bob. Yeah, and Schaefer's <laughs> big. I mean, he's a... He's a great size. Great size. And, and he's walking around with a huge smile on his face. I saw him today. He's just like smiling. He's like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> is there anybody else sort of on the list that you're sort of keeping an eye on? You want to kind of... Yeah, two guys. I, I'm interested to see uh, what this uh, what Matvey Petrov looks like. Yeah. Right? Uh, I haven't, you know... I mean, didn't he... What did he have? 40, 40 goals in Ontario this 40, year. 40, 50, and 90 in yeah, North Bay. that's pretty good. Yeah. So let's watch him. And... Um, Who's the other guy? How about Tulio? What's his situation? He's a 40-goal scorer. I mean, the thing, the thing that I noticed is there's no explosiveness in terms of skating. It's a little bit concerning. Okay. But he's industrious, and he can score. He's got some oh, he can score. Like, they've yeah. had years here, Spec, where their highest-scoring player out of junior was like a 30-goal, 55-point right. guy. So got a you couple know? Of I mean, Borgo right basically would have been a 50-goal, 100-point guy if he played the entire season last right. year in the Quebec League. Yeah. You know, third, I think he had 36 goals and 75 points um, in in 43 games. So if he had ended up playing, what did he play in that league? 66, 68 games. You know, he's a 100-point guy. Uh, James Hamlin was, you know, on pace for a 100-point mm-hmm. season in junior at 21 goals last year in the minors. Holloway had 22 points in 33 games uh, in the minors last year, but a couple of years ago, playing in the NCAA, he was fifth in NCAA scoring. Yeah, Savoy's here. Be interested to see Savoy, him. Savoy, you know, had 23-goal, 45-point uh, year last year, scored some clutch goals for Denver. Uh, Schaefer was a 32-goal scorer with, with 88 pims. I know we have some people, stop for penalty minutes, don't matter. They matter a little because they tell you whether or not a guy's in the fight. Yeah, and Reed Schaefer sure. is in the fight. Uh, Noel Philp out of the University of Alberta. Yeah. Is, He's, he's, he's older, but he's a mature guy. And he good can, size, too. And I walked pr- by him today. I didn't realize he was so big. Yeah, he's a big kid. Uh, and Chason uh, is another forward, Jake Chason. 
missed six months last year at the dislocated shoulder. Speck, he's going to go. He went to the World Junior Camp. I'm going to be intrigued to see. There is a, a prospect by the name of Cole Dubinsky here. Uh, yes. He's from our draws, and his dad, Mike Dubinsky, was briefly a member of the Edmonton Ice. He had about a 50-point year last year in Red Deer, or in, uh, sorry, Regina. Uh, he's got some feistiness to his game too, and but he's got some skill. And I know there's some guys, some kids that grew up with him that thought that he's probably got a higher ceiling than maybe he's shown to the state and junior. Is he uh, is he he's, back to junior this yeah, year? Yeah, he's he he a... 20 this year for uh, Regina, so okay. he's a camp invite. And then I'm going to give you a you know Camp and Kesselin are a couple veterans, but I'm going to give you a guy Max Warner on the back end. Well, okay. apparently I've talked to couple scouts from other clubs and I think that stuff that might be your prospect in the organization that's grown the most over the last calendar year really six foot three right shot defenseman I don't know about you Mark but if I was going to take a swing in rounds five six or seven I might go for big righties a big right big shot righties. centers <laughs> and big right shot defensemen you know like as a philosophy what do you think well I know some people who say you should never draft a winger just draft all centermen because yeah. any centerman can move to the wing uh, is that guy coaching in L.A. right now? <laughs> there you go. And the other thing is, uh, I mean, there was a time when, you know, what do they used to say? They always, like, big guys always got a chance, right? When you're six foot three, they'd pick you in the sixth round just because. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, we're also entered a time, Bob, where the little guys are getting a look now. It's well, okay to draft a small player, right? There are, I think it, I think on the analytics front, uh and it's tougher to do with amateur than it is with pro. I think that's a yeah. fair assessment yeah. because I think there's greater consistency in terms of the availability of the data at the pro level. But there are people that would tell you from an analytics front, if you just took swings on guys in rounds five, six, or seven that scored, you'd have a higher, instead of focusing on size, yep. you'd have a higher probability of landing players. Yep. Does that make sense? What do you think of no, that? No, for sure. Absolutely, Bob. I mean... You know, the game's not what it was. We all know that. Uh, I think that you're less likely to draft a five foot eight guy in the fifth or sixth round. You know, if you get a, a smaller player like Johnny Goodrow, those guys, you don't mind picking them up high. But I mean, he was a fourth round pick, Johnny Goodrow. And he was a fourth round pick. That's right. But you know what I'm saying? You look at the top guys. There's some little players going now. The Cole Caulfields, the guys like that. Uh, but hey, man. Big and good still beats small and good almost every time. All right, let's blast through some text. We are going to talk on a, about a couple different topics today, but Randy's text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says, Bob, will the Project RNH achieve numbers at the equal value to a salary? A project on the right side has outscored Ryan over the past two seasons despite receiving less than 30% of the power play time. Probably won't say anything about the good old Canadian boy. That's Randy. So he's basically saying... That five-on-five productivity-wise, that Nugent Hopkins is, I think he's going to assume that he's somewhat comparable to uh, uh, Pugliarvi, but Pugliarvi doesn't get the power play time, and Nugent does. And I I don't think Nugent had a good enough year last year. Like, I think Ryan knows he's got to have a a better off. I think he only had one power play goal during the course of the regular season. He's got to shoot it a bit more on the power play. so that's his point. So he's uh, okay. defending uh, Jess Apolli. Well, uh, Nugent Hopkins said the other day, he says, I worked on my shot a lot this summer. He says, I didn't score enough last year. Good, so. good to hear. KDK is Texas and says, Oscar Clefbaum was never a number two. Every year he played on Edmonton's defense, they were a bottom group in the league. Number two defensemen bring defense gro- groups up, I hope, and am confident, says KDK, that Broberg will be much better than Clefbaum. 
Well, I mean, in 1617, you could argue Sekiro was the first pairing defenseman on the left side, and and Clefbaum was the second pairing defenseman. Here's the, uh, the one I'm gonna, you know, I, I'm gonna circle back to this. Number two defenseman. There's 32 teams in the league, so how many top two defensemen are there? 64. 64, right? People, you know what? And I and I think of true number one defensemen, I think there might only be eight or ten, maybe 12. Yeah, we, every year we, we sit down at a press meal at some time and, and sketch down how many we think there are. Right. And sometimes you get to 14. Right. <laughs> you know. But there's a lot of guys, like, <laughs> until two years ago, nobody would have had Devin Tays as a number one. Like, no. Colorado's got two number one defensemen. Yeah, I they've mean, got two. They got McCarr, who's arguably the best defenseman in the world. Uh, and then and then now they got Tays. And right. they got Tays for two second-round picks, and that's oh, the turning point. Great trade. Is Quinn Hughes a number one defenseman? I don't think so. Well, he is in Vancouver, I, and I, he's probably going to be one one day. And he certainly will be in Vancouver, their number one guy this year. But is he a number one defenseman? People would ask you if Darnell Nurse is a legitimate number one defenseman. Well, I, 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 he's not in. For me, he's not in the top twelve. Yeah. Now, two years ago, he was pushing it. You know, because he had a bunch of points. I mean, the, the consummate and, number one guy defends, has points, munches minutes, does. And the, whole and the problem that Darnell's going to have is he's not going to be on the first unit power play. Uh, Stoney is texting us to say that uh, Tyler Wright will rule a day for passing on Jaeger Furcus out of Irma, Alberta, uh, who had a 36-goal, 80-point season okay. last year uh, with the Moose Jaw Warriors. Uh, that pick went 35th. The Oilers got Reed Schaefer, 32nd. I, I will, I, I'll say this right now. I, I think Fergus is going to be a scorer. I think Schaefer is what Edmonton needed in that spot. Yeah. So I'll, I'll stand by Tyler's pick on that. I don't put it this way. I don't see Mitch Moraz, who went yeah. 32nd. I don't see him in Reed Schaefer. I see a different kid. Okay. Like, I do. So, take it for what it's worth. Well, but some people say, oh, the Oilers went down a similar path here. And the difference is in the draft I mean, now. You can't compare every big left winger. Mitch didn't, Mitch, sco- Ross, Mitch didn't score in his draft year right. the way Reed Schaefer scored. Yep. And I don't think Mitch skated the way Reed Schaefer skates either. No. And so, or, or shoots the shot yeah, the puck. Shot so. the puck. So, but Stoney, keep texting us and telling us we're well. wrong. We love to hear it. <laughs> uh, we're gonna head off to a global news weather traffic update. Then Mark Spector's gonna bring three topics that we're gonna talk about in the next segment coming up on orders. Now Evan Cook up next with a global news weather traffic update.